Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Last week I was speaking about joining the faith in action movement. David been talking about over the last month, how do we develop strong faith? And uh, I was looking at into how do we activate it? How do we activate faith? How do we speak it out? And today I'm going to start something different in one sense. Um, but it, there's themes. There's themes that pass on. There's always themes, but I love it when the themes do tie in from what I was speaking on. And today's talk, I don't want to put you in a bad mood and make you feel down right now, but I've called it Everybody Hurts. I was going to play you R.E.M. <laughs> just to set the mood, you know, cheer you all up on a Sunday morning. But everybody hurts, and I'll come to that why in a minute. But it's this, the, the, the main passage of Scripture, John chapter 5. John chapter 5 and verse 1. And it says this, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralysed, one who was there and had been invalid for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and he learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. And while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. He says, at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. And like, that is a scripture. I'm going to keep on coming back to that during this talk. But I love sport. This time of year, Six Nations. Who's into Six Nations? Yeah, yeah. Like, because it's great because we can just be like mean to the Welsh and the Scottish and definitely the Irish and obviously the French. And less so the Italians because they're not really a rival. But everyone, <laughs> everyone just wants to go to Rome, don't they, for the away games? It's like, yeah, Rome. Why are you going to win? And also it's Rome. Like, you know, Rome, Cardiff, let's be honest. Like, where, where would you rather go? And this, this next week, it's like the next round of the Six Nations matches. And here's the thing. Every team, not just in rugby, but in all of these kind of sports, football, probably cricket, anything that's a team sport, any, any sport really. But I've got a picture. Just put the first picture up. Dylan Hartley. Do you Every team has the following types of player. They have players that are injured, and they aren't playing that week. They're going to have to sit it out. They're the long-term injured, maybe the short-term injured. We have the players that are, that are injured. They're carrying a knock, <laughs> like this guy. As they say, they're carrying a knock. They'll play anyway. You know, I've heard from uh, one of the, some sports guy on the radio talking about how that whenever they played, they were rarely 100% fit. They, they were rarely. There was always something. There was always a niggle. There was always something that was going on with them. And then there's the rest of them that are going to play, that are fit, if you know what I'm saying. But they have the potential to get injured during the game. Yeah, that they, they, they can end up like this guy's ill have been, no doubt, like, just... But, you know, you see those pictures. Do you remember Terry Butcher with the big bandage around his head and the blood seeping through? And you can all see these people are just going to... They're going to carry on, but they get injured during the game. And the text from John's Gospel, it talks about the great number of people that were at the pool, the blind, the lame, the paralysed. It's like a mountain of injuries. It's like, there's only Tottenham fans in. It's like what Tottenham Hotspur used to always be like in the Premier League. All their good players, always injured. It was amazing. I've lost everyone, sorry. I'll go back. <laughs> the people here that are broken, the people at the pool were broken. 
The people that are injured are broken. The Bible calls them the broken hearted. And heart in the Bible, it means more than what we think it does. It means the whole soul. Proverbs 23, 7, but in the old King James Version, he says this, for as he thinketh in his heart, so he is. The heart in the Bible is about everything that's internal. Everything that's internal. Not just the physical heart, but everything that's internal, your soul. The broken hearted, it's not just a loss of a relationship or a person close to you. We all know that the soul song, what becomes of the broken hearted. Yeah, yeah. Who had love that's now departed? I'm not going to say it to you. I know I've got some kind of peace of mind. Yeah? I've, I know I've got to find, sorry, some peace of mind. Yeah? We, Come on, Dave. Bring it. <laughs> Give the man a mic. <laughs> the brokenhearted, because we think it's that relationship, like I was dumped when I'm 13 and now I'm brokenhearted. The Bible, brokenhearted, means a whole lot more than that. Yeah. It applies to everyone who's been hurt and everyone who is hurting. So that is probably everyone in here. <laughs> At some point, you've been hurt or you're hurting. Yeah? I, like, I like that, that sports like rugby, football, they're contact sports. That's like life that we will go through life and we will pick up injuries as we go. You can't avoid them. Well, you can avoid them. You can only avoid them by not getting picked or by not putting yourself forward to be picked. But if you are here last week, I said playing it safe is not playing it safe because you know what? You leave yourself up to a life of just not good stuff where you're just going to slip back and shrink back and shrink back. So we can't play it safe anyway. So here's good news for you this morning. Did you know that God can heal you everywhere you hurt? Did you know that? Did you know that? He can heal you emotionally, he can heal you spiritually, he can heal you physically, he can heal you in your relationships, he can heal you financially. Do you believe that? That he can. He can heal you, he can restore you. He's not mad at any of us. He's mad about us. And God can bring healing to situations and circumstances that are going to restore us back to health. Is anyone interested in that this morning? Is anyone interested in getting hurt, healed? Not hurt. Anyone? I can hurt you if you want. Um, I don't really want to, but, like, but more about getting healed and restored. That's what we should be coming to church for. Yeah? Because, you know, like the song, as I said, everybody hurts. Here's a line for you. Getting hurt in life is unavoidable. Staying hurt is optional. Yeah? If you're going to play the game, and you do need to play the game, by the way, as I just said, then at times you are going to get hurt. And whether it's those little knocks or like the bigger ones that are going to take you out for a longer time, they all take the toll, they all hurt. A sprained ankle really, really hurts, and you just go over on your ankle. You wouldn't call it a big injury, but for that moment when you get shooting pains or whatever it is that go through your leg, and you're trying to walk it off, and you're like, trying to look like you're not limping. You know what I mean? Like, it all hurts. They all take the toll. There's a story that um, Muhammad Ali, the boxer, great boxer, he was on a flight, and when the stewardess was doing the rounds, they noticed that he hadn't put his seatbelt on. And so she said to him, I can't do the, the accents very well, so bear with me. But she said, sir, you need to put on your seatbelt. You see, my accent, really good, American accent. <laughs> sir, you need to put on your seatbelt. And he replied to her, Superman don't need no seatbelt. <laughs> so which she replied, Superman don't need a plane. <laughs> yeah? You get it? Here's the thing. None of us are Superman. None of us are Superwoman. We're not invincible. As much as we like to think we are, like, I am the greatest, I am the greatest, I am invincible. No, no, you're not. None of us are. If you're hurting today, you're in great company because we're all being hurt and we're all hurt at times in our lives. So you're not alone. Hopefully, that's a help to you. Just that alone is that you are not alone. But also, you might not know it today, 
But in, just in this church this morning, you're surrounded by people who have also been hurt, but also people who have had breakthroughs and they've had healings from that hurt, and they've moved on into that recovery. Yeah? They're not just staying hurt, they've moved on through it. You know, we all go through troubles in life. Some of them are more serious than others. They're, you know, the things that you can think like uh, abuse or family breakups. To, to the sm- I say small, but it's bigger than time when you're a kid and you don't get picked for the football team or you're always the last one. And, and like, you're like, heads down, it's like, oh, okay, right, and I'm going to be in goal, aren't I? You know, like, it, it's, it's that thing that hurts at the time, or maybe you're not picked for the, for the dance show or the, whatever it is that you wanted to be in, and it hurts. You know, you know, maybe you never made it into the school nativity play. And that's pretty hard nowadays, right? Because they have everything. They have plumbers yeah. in the nativity, nativity play nowadays. But maybe you always wanted to be a shepherd, you know? And you didn't make it. I was the rear end of a donkey. I'm proud of it. <laughs> and do you know what? Even better, realistic, I threw up while the rear end of the donkey. You know, I left a little mess. I was quite proud of it. You know, you always, but, you know, it hurts, right? It's a little thing. It hurts. It hurts into you. You're offended. It's like you don't get it. It all hurts at the time. You know, we face rejection from people. That hurts. We can be hurting because we're offended. Someone said something to us, and we've held on to that in offence. Jesus says in Luke chapter 17, he said this to his disciples, it is impossible that no offences should come. No offence is impossible that you will never be offended in life. It is a guarantee. People are going to say things. They're going to say things over and over again. We will get offended. We are going to get hurt. It's going to come. It's a really cheery message. Thanks for coming. <laughs> See you next week. No. As, as the REM, REM song says, everybody hurts. Sometimes everybody cries. It is. It's a cheery message, this. And do you know what, as well, just to say, we're going to slow down a little bit. I'm not going to rush through this. I would maybe a couple of weeks on this because I've got some great stuff to look at in terms of how we restore yeah. that. And I can't get through all of that today. So it's, it's slow because it's important. You know, like we're a church in our values. We have real, relational, robust, um, relevant. This is real. We're being real this morning. We're talking about stuff that's real, that affects every single one of us. If you tell me that you've never, ever been hurt, I will call you a liar. (laughs) Or you're just not aware. But you will have been hurt. Getting hurt is unavoidable. Staying hurt is optional. You know, in life, if life's like, I was thinking, if life's like a train journey, I was thinking of like the underground, (laughs) then at some point, All of our trains will stop at pain and hurt central. But you don't have to get off there. You can choose to get off there. Some people will delight in pain and hurt central and make that their home for the rest of their days. But it's a decision that we can make. We can choose to move on through it and just keep going through, keep going through. You know, Jesus gives us a promise in the gospel in John chapter 16, I think it is. He says, in this life, you will have trouble. There's a promise from God. You will have trouble. Yeah? But he also says, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. Psalm 147, verse 3. It says, God, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. This is good news. You know, we don't have to stay in a position of get hurt, stay hurt. We don't have to stay there. That's not how it's supposed to be. But too many of us are letting the hurts of our past mess up our hopes for our future. I said like that don't, last week, don't let your circumstances right now determine your faith. 
It's the same thing. It's speaking out into the future. It doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be like that. Psalm 34 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So don't get off at that station. It might seem really tempting just to wallow. Again, if you've never liked wallowing, you're a liar. We all enjoy a little bit of wallowing now and again, don't we? And just like, it feels good. And just like, let's just massage that little ego thing in us where we feel a little bit hurt. But like it's sport, we are vulnerable to getting hurt. And you need to know that while we can get hurt, you can also be healed. The people that look at sport and some of these footballers that I've seen that haven't been out for a year and it takes them quite a while to get back but now they're back and they're better than ever. And like, it, it takes time to go through it, a, a process of, of healing physically, healing emotionally is exactly the same thing. You have to go through that process. And if you're hurting today and you're in pain in your heart, you need to know that there are people who have been through situations like you and are now on the other side of it. They've been through that, they've got a story to tell about it and they can help you with it. So a couple of thoughts, excuse me, just to help us out with that. Is first of all, is this, our attitude, our attitude towards the hurt. Just, can you just put the, the picture up, the other picture? Remember this, I was going to play the video, but it's too long. Monty Python's four Yorkshiremen sketch, if you don't know it, it's like four old guys sitting around talking, reminiscing about their youth and talking about like how tough life was and each one of them tries to outdo how bad life was for them. You know, we used to live in a house but it had no roof and said you were lucky to have a house. We used to live in a room, all 30 of us. Well, well, you lucky to have a room. We used to live in a corridor. Or we used to dream of living in a corridor. And they'd go one step further until it ends up into being like, we lived in a box on the motorway. And the guy says, cardboard box. said, yeah, you were lucky. And, and it goes down all this way into this, to this stupid, like, we used to live in a, I can't remember what he says, like a, a rolled up newspaper in a septic tank. And we'd go home and our dad would kill us if we were lucky. And it, and it gets down to this whole, like, thing of, like, the four grumpy Yorkshiremen. But here's the thing, what I like about it is that it's so true, we do it in our own lives. Like, what I love about comedy sometimes is it's so close to reality yeah. that you look at it and, and you think, actually, it's laughing, but it's true. We all can be like those guys. We can all try and outdo. It's like, well, you know, we have it at work, like, with, with flooding, and, like, everyone tries to decide that wherever they live is the place that floods the most. And it's Yorkshire. It's always Yorkshire, it's not Yorkshire. But, but like, there are people that try and, like, give that, that, that value to what they're doing. Oh, ours is the worst. Ours is, every city is the toughest. York's a tough city. No, it's not. <laughs> York's not a tough city. Like, you know what I mean? But like, we all try and like, make it out like that. You know, my story's the worst you've ever heard. I'll take your story and I'll beat it. You think you've been going through some bad stuff? Wait till you hear my story. You know, the saying, walk a mile in someone else's shoes. Often when you try that and you walk a mile in their shoes and find that they, they hurt and they don't fit. But, like, but you know, you probably end up just seeing what they're going through. And there are some people in, in here that you will go through stuff and you would never trade places with them. And you think you've got it bad. But you trade places with people and you think, actually, I, what they're going through right now, I can't deal with it. I'll swap. I'll swap right back. You know, some of us are dealing with really big things. I'm not trying to belittle it and make it all about a comedy sketch. But it does, it just it unlocks something when you look at the fact that some of us have got deep hurts, we've been hit by big things, we're carrying big scars, big injuries, if you like, long-term injuries. I know that, I appreciate that, we want to help people get through that. But I also know that a lot of our hurts that we carry, they start small. They're those little knocks, it's the little twisting of your ankle, the little jarring of something. 
and then it's a twinge and like an injury, a physical injury, as we start out, if we don't do something about it, it gets worse and it manifests into something a lot bigger than it was. And like, I think it of, like you see in football and you see that the players that they, they just do that and it's like, oh, it's hamstring. And the hamstring in football always means three weeks out at least for an injury. And you can see that and they're just starting to slow. And if they're not careful, you see them where they really, really pull up in pain and they just stop. And it was the, the athlete at the Olympics that his, was it his dad ran around with him. His hamstring had gone you, 20, 30 years ago. It's one of the most powerful videos they have in sport about that. But it's like he'd, he'd gone and he just, he just, he just stopped. You know, it's that they, they can start small. But like the Yorkshiremen, we've exaggerated the stories in our life to be so much bigger that we have quite literally made mountains out of molehills. So now your hurt and your pain has increased as a result. And like I said last week, good news for you is that the Bible says we can speak to the mountains in our life with faith to move. That's it. So it's how our attitude. How do we approach it? How do we see it? Actually, what a great thing you can do is get some help, get some perspective on it from somebody else who sees it differently. This is the second thought for you, is that hurt and pain, as bad as it sounds, it's actually good for you. It's like having to eat like some hor- horrible food that you just, you know, like multivitamin stuff, and you're like, yeah, yeah it's horrible, but you know it's going to do you some good. Like, you know, aeroplanes, they take off into the wind. We've got a pilot here who can verify that for you. The reason that they take off into the wind, I'm not going to look at him because I got this wrong, is, <laughs> is, is that they create lift. They have to go into the wind because that lift helps them climb, yeah? It may not feel like it, but the fact that we handle, and if we handle hurt and offence right, it's going to help us. It's going to help us go higher in our journey, in our life, journey of life. In New Zealand, uh, I was going to say in New Zealand and Australia, no, in New Zealand, the country in New Zealand, they said something like 40% of the birds don't fly. Like, have you heard of the, New Zealand's called the kiwi? There's a kiwi as a bird, and it's quite a rare bird, it's, and, and it, doesn't, it just sort of walks, it doesn't fly. Um, and... There's a lot of, there's penguins. Penguins don't fly. They've got penguins in New Zealand. Why don't they fly? It's because they have no predators. There's nothing that's going to kill them. They don't need to fly because there's nothing, there's no snakes in New Zealand. If you don't like snakes and you don't like spiders, go to New Zealand. Um, they've got sharks, though. Um, but, um, yeah, they don't have predators. There's nothing that's coming against them. So that meant that they, they over, over time, they've just not needed to fly. So those wings have changed, and they've got small wings, but they can't fly, yeah? They've, they've been clipped down, so they don't need to do that. They've just stopped flying. We have stuff like that comes against us. We've got stuff that comes against us. And like the plane, it gives us a lift. We actually need to go into that wind. Because otherwise, we're just going to stop, and we're like, oh, I don't need to, and we can just slump off and have the easy life. And it's weird when you see a bird that, like... It's weird when you, from our perspective, I look at a bird that doesn't fly, and you're like, it's just weird. Because you're, supposed, you're a bird, you're supposed to fly. Right? Um, it, it's, it's like it is, so we need to have that opposition. It's actually good for you. You know, the Bible says, things in Romans, uh, it says, all things work together for those who love God and are in Christ, or something to that effect. You know, like, God can take the good out of every situation. The pathway to healing is not easy. It's difficult. Forgiveness like I talked about last week in terms of when we were asking for stuff, is something that we've got to do on repeat. We've got to keep going. When I was at uni, I had uh, my housemate absolutely loved a band called The Stereophonics, and he would literally just put, the, is it The Bartender and The Thief? 
um, on, just repeat and then repeat and then repeat and then repeat. And it was on that one song continually for about three days. So it's been like everyone else was just hating it. But like he would just have it. But it comes, that's how we need to do it with forgiveness. We've got to keep on repeating. You can say that you've forgiven someone, but then, and I'm talking like hurt forgiveness, not just like, you know, I forgive Isla because she's done something naughty and you do forgive. But the things where it's, it's actually really hurt you, and then you can heal someone at midday and midnight, it's come back when you're at bed and the mind monsters are going in. And you've got to keep on praying. Say, God, help me forgive that person. I forgive that person. God, with your help, you can't do this without God. I need your help to forgive these people. And you keep on repeating that forgiveness. And Peter, in the Bible, he asked Jesus, how often do I need to do this for? And Jesus said, 70 times 7, which basically means just keep going. Just keep going with it. Because there'll be a time when there'll be a peace. And, that, and as much as in our logical world you want to say six months, nine months, a year, three months, I don't know, it's, everyone's going to be different. Everyone's going to be different. But you've just got to keep on repeating it. Because we know, is this, make, is this helping people this morning? Am I right for time? Good, because I've got another 45 minutes left now, Jack. We don't just forgive people for their sake. You know, it's good to forgive people, and when you give people forgiveness, and, and that does help them because people, you know, we all carry guilt, don't we, if we know we've hurt someone. So when they say that we're forgiven, it's really, really helpful. But we also, it's forgive people for us. And there's that famous quote, I can't remember who said it, but it says something like, resentment is like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Basically, not forgiving. If you, just, if you can't forgive, if you don't forgive, you're just going to burn, you're going to just build up that resentment. It's going to damage you more than it's going to damage them because sometimes they, leave, they don't even know. They're, so, they're not aware of, of what the hurt is and they're just living their life. But you're bound up, you're bound down, you can't break it. You've got to forgive them. That's why we've got to keep on forgiving and eventually it will pass. Excuse me. <coughs> so this is... <coughs> yes. A little bit more BBC now. Third, third thought on this is this, patterns. Going back to the plane analogy, you hear about holding patterns. You, everyone know what a holding pattern is? Yeah. The planes, when they can't land, and they're, they're, they're waiting. If you've got Heathrow, especially the big airports, they have planes fly in what's called a holding pattern, that they fly a route, they circle, essentially, though it's probably not actually circle, but they go around the airport waiting for their turn so they have to just fly around they keep going on that pattern and then you might have one plane at that height one plane at that height so you have a whole load of planes that are flying that holding pattern until it's time for them to come in and land and you know those patterns are the same in our life there's patterns in our life there's patterns in our pain the, the man just back in, in in john chapter five the man at bethesda it says the bible says he'd been there 38 years so why on earth, if someone's been there that long, would Jesus come up and say, do you want to be well? Because to you and me, you'd be thinking, of course he wants to be well. Like, of course he does. Like, why would you not want to be well? Like, but he has to ask him, because he's been in that same pattern for 38 years. We've all got patterns. Another word for them, if you like, is comfort zones. That we get stuck in those patterns and we keep on going and we keep on going. And when Jesus came and asked him, he then said, Do you want to be well? What he's trying to do is he's challenging the pattern. Yeah. 
He's challenging the pattern then, and he challenges the patterns now. He disrupted the pattern in that man's life because that guy had to stop and he had to think. And he wants, Jesus wants to challenge the pain and the, the pattern, sorry, in your life and in my life too. Because he came to give us life and life in all its fullness. And when you've been sitting there for 38 years, it doesn't actually say how old he was, but he's at least 38. Yeah. Like, it's a good lifetime. You can forget what life was like before. You can just get used to that. So a question for you, what's the pattern that you need to break out of? Because Jesus wants to break you out of the pattern that you've been stuck in. And some of you, you know, I'm not looking at people that are older than 38, and maybe you've been stuck in a pattern for, for more than that. Maybe you've been stuck in a pattern for years, for decades. Maybe you've been stuck in a pattern for weeks. But Jesus comes to disrupt us out of that pattern. He challenges it. He challenges it. He wants to disrupt the patterns of pain in our life. Because when we're hurt, we have those patterns. The patterns, let me give you an example. When we've been hurt, what would be a pattern of when we've been hurt? Well, we avoid talking to the people that have hurt us, don't we? If you, it makes sense. If, if someone's really hurt you, you're not going to, you know, if, if every time someone, you see someone, they're going to punch you in the face, guess what? You're probably going to give them a, a, a bit of a wide berth. But when we've been hurt, we can avoid the people who have hurt us. We actually, what do we actually do with our time? Do we just slump? Do we just sleep? Do we just become, if we're not careful, into that pattern of just couch potato? I'm just not going to do anything. I can't do anything. I'm just going to move into, a, like what I called last week, a listless life. You know what? Do you know this? Hurt people are drawn to hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. Broken people break people. Damaged people damage people. There is a pattern to it all. You see it? There's a pattern. Hurt people flock together. You know the same. Birds of a feather flock together. And what happens when they do that, like with anything, is that they validate each other's opinions. They validate each other's hurts and thoughts. Here's the problem with that, is that they're massively, massively blind-spotted. Because they're looking at stuff through a filter of hurt and offence. They're not looking at the real picture. Of, they're not seeing the whole full view, if you like. They're, they're missing bits of it. They can't see the whole picture. So then they're like, oh, no, yeah, it's right. And it builds and it builds and it builds, and it's not right. We've got patterns in life. We've all been hurt. We've all felt that time where I'm sure you just want to stay in bed and just pull the covers up over you a little bit and just shrink back. But the problem is that can become a pattern and we can stay there. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's like when you're hurt. Maybe when you're stressed, you hit the pattern of overeating, overdrinking, just binging it because it's your control mechanism. It's how you, how you deal with it. What about when the pressure's on? This is heavy stuff, but it's great because... It's real. It's talking into... I'm hopefully, I'm speaking to things in your life. And hopefully, this morning, none of you should come out of this and say, that was all right. You should be offended. You should be unlocked. I'm trying to break chains. We're trying to break chains. We're trying to give you a good life. We're not saying this to entertain you. I'm saying it so that you can live a life that God has called you to live, that there is a plan and a purpose for your life. And it's so easy to come into a talk and be like, yeah, that was all right. In fact, if you say that to me, I'll punch you. <laughs> like, like... Genuinely, like, wake yourselves up. Wake yourselves up. Whether you're young, whether you're old, this is great stuff. The Bible is great stuff. You know? It's so good. We have the pattern of, say, with pressure. Like we may be vulnerable to the pattern of leaving, running away when the pressure's on. 
Maybe we'd leave home. My sister used to run away quite a lot. She never got very far, mostly to the bottom of the garden, sometimes round the corner if she was really brave. She once rang Childline to say that my mum and dad were being horrible to her. My mum told her to, to be fair. And, and I like this because this was like the 80s. Yeah, and, and the woman just told her to stop being so stupid <laughs> and go back to her parents. You wouldn't get that now. Oh, you're all right. I said, oh, you, you're an idiot, basically. She said, the, the, the woman told me to stop being so stupid, basically. <laughs> Love it. Brilliant. Truth. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you've left friends. Maybe you've left family. Maybe you've left churches because the pressure's been on you, the hurt's been on you. Maybe you've got a pattern of negative mindsets that people are doing stuff, they're organising something for you, there's something great going on, and, you, and it takes one to know one can be like, I don't feel like it. Just don't, just don't feel like it. And, and you just burst a bubble, it, the whatever's going around, and you're the ultimate party pooper. You know, the pattern of making excuses for everything, for never owning anything, for always shifting the blame to someone else. It was never me. I'm not here today to condemn any one of us. What I want us to do is have hope come the end of this. But I think if we're all honest, like I just said, every one of us have had those moments in life. Everything that I've just said, we've all wanted to pull the duvet back. We've all wanted to run away. Maybe we have run away. I'm not here to condemn anyone about that. I want to bring hope. I want to bring hope that, that you know, our value, as I said, is that, as a church, is that we're real. We spend time looking at real things. It's important looking at how we manage hurts and offences. It's important that we look about how do we bring up kids. It's important that we look about how do we manage finances and make sure, because, you know what, God wants us to have the best. And the Bible is full of great instructions for all of these things. So don't take any condemnation. Don't take one ounce of condemnation from it. What you can do is make a decision to change. If you're there, that's what you can do from it. You know, you are not alone. If you're going through stuff, if you're hurt, everybody hurts. There are patterns in the pain. Jesus comes to disrupt them and challenge them. He does not want us to stay in our comfort zone. Hurt people hurt, yeah? You ever had someone say, you know, they've, they've, they've stormed off at you, they've, been, they've offloaded at you, they've been really rude, they've stormed off, and what they want you to do is then go after them and chase after them and, and sort of like, are you all right, are you all right? The Facebook equivalent of like someone goes, humph, and everyone goes, are you okay, hun? <laughs> Unfollow. <laughs> Come on, grow a pair. And they try and offload to you, make you feel wrong, that you're the one in the wrong. My two-year-old daughter does that. She's two. I don't expect it from someone that's 22 or 42 or 62. But if we're not careful, we can be like, oh, gentle Jesus, meek and mild. What would Jesus do? Jesus would always chase every... We sing the song, he chases me down. Finds till whatever it is, that song that we do. Like, no, read your Bible. John chapter, where is it, 66. Um... Yeah, John chapter 6, verse 66. It says, At this point, many of Jesus' disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and said, Are you also going to leave? What he's saying is, people are trying to manipulate him. He's saying, You guys can go too if you want. Are you going? He's not going. Please come back. I'll do anything. I'll do that trick again for you. I'll make that... You know what I mean? He's not, he's not desperate. He's not, and we can think that Jesus is this nice guy that's always going to come chasing after us. Are you all right, hon? And it's like, no, it's like, no, are you going to go too? Because he knew what he was about. He wants us to move into healing. 
He wants to disrupt it. He's not going to accommodate weirdness. When people are manipulating you and like trying to make you feel bad for stuff that you haven't done, that's manipulation. It's weird. It sounds weird for me to say it right now because I'm speaking truth. And some of you are going to be guilty because you've succumbed to that manipulation, as have I. Where we all go, you're trying to make people feel better. You know, compassion... We think compassion is like it's being kind and gentle. Do you know what? We sponsor, many of us do in this room, sponsor kids with a compassion charity. The whole point of compassion is not to leave these kids in Africa or South America. We're just kind to them. Not just kind to them. No, we give them money so they can have a flipping education, so they can have a good life. It's moving them from the bad into the good. And sometimes when you're a friend, you've got to speak tough to people. You've got to go to a friend and say, do you know what? I'm not putting up with this manipulation from you anymore. You need help. You need to stop it. You need to stop being nice to people. Tough love is a thing. It's not that we, need, we do need to support people. Don't get me wrong. I don't want anyone to go start beating up their friends. But there comes a point where we've got to say, enough is enough. We, um, we, we call things weird that are weird. Like, if it's not right, we just say it. It's not normal. You know, you've got to say to them, you need help. We can get people help. We're not a church. Some churches are set up with counsellors and all this sort of stuff. We're not. Do you know why? We refer people to the professionals. There's a load of great people who are qualified to help you. We will do whatever we can to help people, and we will point people in a direction of being hurt. But I want to ask you the question, do you want to be well? Because this guy has been there 38, 38 years. How long have you been wanting to be well? Jesus asked the man if he's ready, if he's ready for a new life. Because he's getting ready for something different. When you want something you've never had before, you've got to do something you've never done before. If you want to see the miracle of this guy being healed in John chapter 5, where it's like, you know, and, and instantly he was cured. And in my mind, it's like Popeye, yeah? He takes a spinach and it's like kicking his legs out and his arms. And suddenly he's like, right, I'm ready to go. Bring it on. I'm going to go and take everyone. And it's like, no, no. I don't think it was like that. I thought, actually, this healing is like the man changing his pattern. The man changed his pattern of his mindset. That he's tried to move from a pattern of just staying. He's moving to a pattern of moving. He's trying to move. He's tried to do things that he's not done before. And as he did what he could do, as he tried to, to move, God was with him. And suddenly, the Bible is full of suddenlies. I love suddenlies. God does lots of suddenlies in the Bible. And suddenly, he found that he was doing what he found he couldn't do before. He's pushed himself to do things differently from what he'd done before. But you have to wonder, how did he feel? now that people stop treating him like an invalid. Again, it's thinking of the life of Brian, where Michael Palin runs around, and he's like, healing for an ex-leper? Monty Python, he goes around saying, got healing for an ex-leper? And, and the guy says, ex-leper? He said, yeah, I've been healed. Jesus did it bloody do-gooder. And like, but it's a thing, again, in the humour, where it's like, actually, are you willing? Because it's easy, in one sense, to stay sitting at that pool. Because if he leaves the pool, where's he going to live? What's he going to do? The world's just opened up in front of him now that he's healed. Are we ready to step into the new? Are we ready to take? Or are we just going to wallow? It's a question we've got to look at ourselves. Because sometimes, although we don't want to, it's easier to sit by the water. We have patterns of pain. We have patterns of healing. Pain is always going to hit us. We do our best to deflect it, dodge it, shake it off, but it's going to hit us. We're all going to get caught by shrapnel or whatever else. Keep walking by faith. 
Join the faith and action movement I talked about last week. Speak out your future. Speak to the place where you're going. Speak out that you're moving into a season of healing and recovery. You're not going to be hurt. God, be praying, God, with your health, I'm going to come through this. Because you've got to move into a different pattern. You have to go against what you might feel like doing. They're feelings, but the good news is they're just feelings. You can't walk by feelings. You know that? You can only walk by faith. There are great futures ahead for every one of us. God has got a great plan. He's got a great purpose for everyone in here, the whole world. But some of us right now have got to change course. We've got to come out of that holding pattern and we've got to do what we feel like not doing and we've got to walk by faith, by sight. Activate the, the faith muscle. In Deuteronomy, the Lord our God said to, said to us at Horeb, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp to break camp. You don't have to stay hurt. Life will hurt. Getting hurt is unavoidable. Staying hurt is optional. So just get up, take up your mat and walk. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 